0: Welcome, everyone, to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. My name is Colin, and I'm your host. This week's episode is with Cody Fournier. He is a therapist on the NoCD platform, TreatMyOCD.com, if you want to check it out. We talked about him becoming a therapist and how that came about, him becoming a OCD therapist that specializes in ERP, which is called Exposure Response Prevention therapy and uh, his journey he lost his mother at a young age and after that things kind of spiraled with his OCD and we talked about the misconceptions of OCD and just his overall experience with it as someone with OCD and as someone who treats OCD great episode love talking about OCD as someone who has it And bringing awareness to it. So without further ado, this is episode number 82 with Cody Fournier. Enjoy. here Cody
1: yeah anytime Anytime we're gonna
0: talk about some we're gonna talk about one of my favorite topics and one of my least favorite topics at the same time OCD yes and uh we were hit with the OCD train around the same time it seems like within our lifetime hit you around said 15
1: yep yep I don't know if I had too many I can't even remember what I did yesterday but I don't know probably had some tendencies before that but I don't it wasn't as bad until that's when
0: it became very apparent that something was going on yeah 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 so yeah i want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself let people know who you are what you do and we'll kind of go from there
1: yeah well i appreciate it thank you for having me on this podcast um again my name is cody fournier um i am a licensed independent clinical social worker for the state of massachusetts um i currently reside in rhode island um, but i'm like i said licensed in massachusetts I am an OCD and anxiety specialist um, and specialize in the treatment of ERP. So I work for NoCD. um, So I see a lot of individuals diagnosed with OCD and related disorders. Um, And I absolutely love it. NoCD has been amazing to me. Um, I get to help a lot of um, individuals diagnosed with OCD just like you and I. Um, And yeah, super, super rewarding. Um, Also a little bit about me. I started like you said having symptoms when I was around 15 after my mom passed it kind of hit me really really hard um and then like we said prior to this podcast that I ended up going through so many different subtypes up until even now so um I'm hoping that we can kind of get into that and again I'm very, very excited to be here
0: yeah it's awesome man It's always good to talk to somebody else that can uh truly understand OCD because there's a lot of misconceptions out there and we'll get, we'll get into the misconceptions in a little bit because I always like talking about that because I really like being able to advocate and talk about what OCD really is in the life of someone who has OCD. So Mm -hmm. kind of started, you said right when you were right around 15 after your mother passed and what was the first thing you noticed that was kind of going on? Uh, what, where you're like, this doesn't seem right. Something, I need to get this checked out.
1: Yeah. Which is actually now that I think about it, what is I remember happening actually before her death is I want to say I ended up having like a, a magical thinking um, type of thought in the sense of uh, just uh, full schooler. She was, a she was an alcoholic. So she drank. So, growing up it wasn't the best you know environment to be around so mm-hmm. i was like you know her condition and stuff like that so i think it was either the day or two before she actually passed i was like you know what if something happens to her um and then that's within the next day or like i said i can't remember exactly but before the actual passing i had that thought so i think after she passed i think that started to be like okay what did i do or what did yeah. Not more of like, I blame myself, but more of like, okay, is there any, that's a coincidence or trying Mm -hmm. to even ruminate on that. Yeah. Questioning doubt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what really kind of besides that kind of jumped off was um, like, I started doing a lot of perfectionism type of things in sports um, just to kind of control the situation because I, I love playing basketball. And if I end up having a good game or if I did really well in a sport, I would try to do everything I did to emulate that excuse me. So I would wear the same Jersey, the same socks, shoot Mm. a certain way, anything to make sure like I, I did the exact same thing, um, which was very distressing because sometimes I would have to do these for hours, um, where my friends would be like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I feel compelled to do this. And they're like, what the
0: heck? Oh yeah. Everybody thinks you're, you they look at you like you have two heads. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. But it and that is like, I think, like you said, the the conception people have. Even like just repetitively doing stuff like, oh, I gotta move this object a certain way, or I gotta line certain things up, or I gotta wash my hands or spell things perfectly. But that's like so far from what actual O C D is. It's a just piece. like a little, little glimpse.
0: Yeah, because it's more about what's behind that. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? Like what's yeah. the What's the cause of you wanting to have everything perfect or the rituals? Yeah, that rituals that when you bring that up, that reminds me of like baseball players who have to do like they they like check the gloves and then like do the Yeah, that's like one easy thing I can think of too. Like if somebody's trying to, you know, get a glimpse at what that looks like. Just an idea. It
1: it's like superstitions on steroids, basically. Yeah, it's it's super superstitious. Yeah. 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 Like some even and that's actually another thing that I think even coincidences before my mom passed I would do a lot of like things where if I was like say reading a book and watching tv at the same time if that person in the tv spoke the same thing I was reading like the same word I'd be like what the heck is going on like that's I have some type of power or whatever because they said you know the word the and I'm reading it literally at the same time or they said cake and I'm reading cake and I'm like, "Huh." Like I have some influence over this or there's something special going on, but wasn't the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of uh I mean, that's why the podcast is called Modern Day Overthinker. It's it's based off of OCD because I am an overthinker and that's what O C D does to you. It makes you question and doubt just the littlest things and it's usually something as ridiculous as yeah, having to wear the same jersey because you had a really good game and then yeah. or checking things so many times because you're it's not right it has to be just right and you have to get that special little feeling yeah for you to move forward and go about your day and do what you have to do but as you know uh being being a therapist and going through therapy yourself you know that that's just a minor like that's like a band-aid yeah. And the bandaid comes off and then things just end up getting worse if you continue to do those compulsions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the most rewarding or one of the reasons why I love working as an OCD therapist and even at an OCD, because I have, um, like the ability to work with this type of, um, clientele is being able to work with, and. um, children, adolescents, because Mm -hmm. I feel like if there was awareness at that time, or if I had access to that at 15 years old, even if I had access to like knowing what type of OCD I was experiencing, like that could have saved some time. And, you know, obviously we can't go back, but to see, you know, to have a very young client, um, and being able to like, Hey, identify what's going on. That's very, very empowering. Um, just because, for you and I, if we would have, you know, like I said, we can't go back, but if we would have got the help then, then who knows, you know, how strong OCD could have went, but we don't know, but it's a very, very rewarding experience to hit the young population. So.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, because yeah, I can only imagine what things would be like if I would have started doing ERP earlier, but yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. I can't change that now, but at the same time, there's a lot of, and I've read that from your story. And when I was uh, reading that article that, that you wrote that article, correct? And
1: yeah, I, I part of writing it. it,
0: you helped write it. Cause it, yeah,
1: they, they use all the big words. Like I, they okay. like, kind yeah. of fine tuned it. I spoke it. and they, they did it, but I'm not a really as good of a writer as they are, but they definitely fine tuned it for Polished so. it up for you. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: But I saw within the story is uh which is a common thing. And I'm, Pretty lucky that it wasn't as common with me, but being misdiagnosed. So you're misdiagnosed. Sounds like multiple times before they actually, before you found this pamphlet when yeah. you were in treatment. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this makes more sense than what they've been telling me. So how did it? What were some of the diet? I'm just curious. What some? What were some of the diagnoses before that? What did they think?
1: Yeah. So they on? never really oh i didn't mean to interrupt they they never really came out in the sense of like you have this this and this it was okay. more of like we're gonna give you medication because we mm-hmm. think it might be you know a bipolar or schizophrenia or something yeah. something yeah. and um so that like i said they they started with that and then a lot of the therapy i got just was continuously challenging my thoughts and just making me doubt even more and more and more um but yeah i i initially when I went into basically I went to a, a psych ward not knowing what it was because like, mm. yeah you're it's gonna be okay you're gonna go you're gonna hang out with your um not friends but you're gonna hang out with people do groups play sports I go in there and they're like oh take your shoelaces off I'm like what the heck am I in here <laughs> am I in prison yeah. um but again looking back it probably saved my life because I got a pamphlet that talked about the harm OCD that I was experiencing um but definitely i could always dwell on it but that definitely was a turning point in my treatment not from the people that were there just from a little little pamphlet that one of the therapists i think gave me because yeah. we had to attend group so and i i'm like i'm reading something i'm not gonna just sit here and you know stare the wall, do anything
0: yeah and how long were you in there for
1: um i think altogether it was probably around a week i um okay. i got there on like a friday i think the attending doctor um, wouldn't be there until Monday. So I kind of had to wait all the way until Monday. Yeah. Uh, it's always, yeah. And, yeah. and then we came off the medication and then we went back on. So I was on Zoloft. They tapered me off. They gave me, I want to say antipsychotic. I was juuling, basically tying my shoes with my mouth. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm good. So they put me back on Zoloft and then they waited a couple of days and I got discharged, but it was all voluntary until, um, yeah besides like the beginning i
0: believe so so at what age was that because uh,
1: that was around 21 21 okay. 22 so
0: so you had a good not a good but like a solid five years of five six years almost of dealing with it and just like kind of it's a it was a
1: complete mystery it seemed like from yeah that. You- with that, what kind of happened? Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, which i'm I'm sure they probably do. but so what was kind of like a turning point with my symptoms is I've had I had a bad trip with synthetic marijuana. Ooh, And that's what um, end up triggering the harm OCD prior to that i never experienced panic attacks and i never had like feeling the dissociation or anything it was more like i said the just right perfectionism for me that was a little distressing but that was tolerable it was until i started that i had a really bad trip because my friend's like at my friend he's like yeah it's kind of like a cheaper marijuana and i never did drugs like um i you know i experimented but i was very into sports so i couldn't like I, if I was a runner, I'm like, I can't do anything like that kind of mess it yeah. up. So I ended up doing that. And basically I had a panic attack.
0: Um, was it K2? Yeah. It
1: was Spice. Is that the same thing?
0: Uh, Similar. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was something they got at a convenience store. And yeah. That, that they
0: don't sell anymore for a reason. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause I ended up getting that high or, but it was just, like I said, I, I think I hadn't choose the thought of like, what if I have a seizure mm. or what if I do? Cause I heard a story about it and then boom. It that's what kind of escalated for the rest of my probably 10 years with the harm OCD. So it was that moment I started um, getting panic attacks. And then it, you know, I went to um, I was an undergrad in Worcester, mass and um, that there was a story of someone that sadly jumped off the parking garage. Mm-hmm. and I parked up there. I ended up having the thought, what if I did that? And then that's what kind of uh. triggered all of the harm OCD. So,
0: so it was more of a self harm OCD. That's yep. how it
1: started. Okay. Yeah, and then a little bit of like you know around knives and having all these intrusive images and all that fun jazz. But it was health a lot of self harm and a lot of uh you know harming others or driving and harming others and stuff like that. All stuff that obviously, as you and I both know, is against our values. We love people, or I love people. I'm sure you love people. We yep. never want to do that, but OCD wants to try to test us. So a lot of tests
0: yeah i totally yep. understand that yeah it it tends to go after what you value the most in 100 that could be your life or someone else's life uh yeah i've yeah i've also kind of throughout the years like yeah my harm ocd has gotten it started off more as like uh i wouldn't call it harm ocd but i've told this story before But for any new listeners Basically, how mine started was based off of a a photograph, like back when digital pictures weren't a thing, but Whoa. you had to get developed. This was, yeah, because this was like when I was 13, 14.
1: I think yeah. you were, were you riding on a dinosaur up yeah. at that time. That's a long time ago.
0: A long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. But uh, our school had just gotten a new playground and they wanted to take a picture for the yearbook with like each of the classes. And I went to private, private school. So it wasn't like a bunch of people in my class. Yeah, so no. each like grade did their own like picture or whatever. This is how I remember it anyway. And um, yeah, I remember thinking, I remember having one of my first intrusive thoughts was, what if I flick off the camera? Like, I obviously didn't want to flick off the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, an, it was like, but I knew that if I did that, I would get in trouble. And the fear was like yeah. getting in trouble and like, disappointing my parents and all this stuff and i was like that was like where it started and back then obviously the photo wasn't digital i couldn't just look at the photo and be like i didn't do it i had to wait like two weeks and uh it was at least one or two weeks i don't remember exactly it felt like a million years
1: yeah but uh
0: until that photo got developed to literally look at and be like oh i didn't actually do that yeah um but there was still part of me that like was like, "Whoa, your fingers kind of like raised up a little bit there. Maybe you almost did it." Yeah, it was like yeah. a bu- that's where it started and just yeah. kept spiraling from there.
1: Or like maybe they didn't um, catch. Maybe you did it and then they took a picture after and they yeah. didn't catch you. You know, flicking off the camera. Where when I was in high school, I was probably fl- flicking off the camera. But yeah, different themes, different things. Yeah,
0: different themes. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. That's a different that was me lashing out and being, <laughs> yeah. And being a teenager, there's a difference there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this was not something I wanted to do at all. Yeah. So I would like, I was like Clint, I I had an issue with pictures for years. I would like clinch my fists yeah. and like, make sure like for sure I wasn't doing it. Yeah. There wasn't any indication that I was even attempting to do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's how it started and kind of spiraled from there. So Yeah. That's um, not something I would wish upon anyone. That's for sure. It's uh, it's, and that's where like the misconceptions come in. And I see like people talking about OCD or casually talking about OCD or like saying, "Oh yeah, that really bothers my OCD." When they're not even diagnosed OCD, yeah. and yeah. you just like want to flip out or <laughs> flick you, them off, right? yeah, or flick them off when you hear that because you're just like so frustrated. Like if you only knew, and you feel like. And then you also feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I also don't want to complain about it. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But at the same time, like there's people like really struggling out here with, with like what they call pure OCD. Yeah. Because they had to put the pure on it just to make sure people know. Right. That it's real. And uh yeah. So one of my questions for you that I really wanted to get your response to was as somebody that you know, deals with OCD themselves and also, you know, helps people with treating OCD. What is something you would say to somebody who had a misconception, who really didn't understand OCD, if you could define it like very easily and very simply for somebody, how would you define OCD for someone who really just didn't know?
1: Yeah, um, I would first say look up ocd on the on the internet just type in ocd and i'm yeah and you're you're probably going to find no cd and i'm not doing this to broadcast no cd but they talk about all of their different symptoms and ocd subtypes so like first you know just get the real you know physiological um terminology down like look up ocd there's so many good influencers out there or the um different companies, agencies that can actually describe what it is and like understand that process. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think you said it perfect in the sense of like, we, you would not want to wish that upon anyone. And I think in OCD, it's just like an overactive watchdog that is just constantly making sure you're safe, but at your expense. Um, And so the first thing I would do is go online and look up what OCD is. Cause the biggest misconception, like you're saying is like, Oh, I'm just so OCD. I'm just, I'm, I need to be super clean or I need to be, um, you know, I have to wash my hands. Cause I got, you know, some food on it. Like I'm so OCD. No, it's like what the misperception is. is like, yeah, just picture your thinking of OCD times like a thousand. And then yeah. that's what probably the true definition is um and it's like ocd is one of the, i think the world health organization so it's the one of the top 10 most debilitating um disorders so like in and of itself okay you don't want to look at the definition of ocd go look on the world health organization and just type in ocd and see that like we're yeah. not messing around with this no. right so like um i just i would first start by just googling ocd because whatever they find is probably going to be better than their misconception in their brain there's a lot of information up there um but i know i kind of just rambled with that but
0: still no it's easy to rant about i i I totally understand
1: (laughs) yeah right right
0: it's it gets gets us going because we we hear it all the time and we're just like
1: man exactly exactly the
0: information is out there though that is that is for sure and with no cd they I've been following the OCD for a long time, actually, because uh, I did a blog post about it when I was running my college blog like many, many years ago. Cool. And um, that was when it was just – when it wasn't – there wasn't therapy. It was just an app and yeah. not just an app, but the app would have like basically forums yeah, where people would talk about their different their, – just OCD in general, what they're dealing with, the different subtypes. Yeah, It was just a – it was like a Reddit for people with OCD. Yeah.
1: Which, which I like though, regardless, because even like I know we have to kind of take those with a grain of salt. Oh yeah. In the sense because it's not filtered, but it's still got probably the conversation in the sense of like, I'm not alone. There's community. other people, right? Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, having that community and knowing like because I've dealt with some some pretty pretty twisted harm situations and seeing that other people you know even talked about it was just like a relief for me because i was like oh i'm not the only one that's dealt with this one yeah because like i said my like i said before my my ocds evolved into finding the worst things it could it could think of to latch on to and um start doubting basically it's the i mean the best way i've heard described is like ocd is the doubt disorder you just doubt It finds any shred of doubt in something and then it latches onto
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. And what's even more like mind boggling is just think of all the people who have suffered from 1920 to 30 to 1970s, all the way now like all of these years throughout history and how people were misdiagnosed or people were very because the thing is too with OCD like yourself like you're very high functioning or and like I said a lot of people with OCD and it could be different times or not but a lot of people that I've noticed with OCD are very smart um and they have or besides me I, I'm on the regular average I'm not like a, a smart person like you but um, <laughs> they it's yeah, just over time it's just very very smart but then again they can hide it no one probably i don't think anyone knew i had ocd because i could be looking at you and i could be having a panic attack to like a number 10 but you would never know i was having a panic attack because like i was melting inside but i was like yeah i could be having a panic attack right now you right so it just you can function very high some people can and that's i think not a good thing for some because yeah it's gotten me pretty far in life to what I wanted but then again I've suffered a lot because it's very easy to hide so I don't know if you ever run into that like people might not have known right away that you had some of those OCD things
0: oh yeah I've thrown people off so many times like new friendships and I haven't ruined any friendships but I've had friendships where I you know I got close with somebody and I was like hey like this is you know, this is something I deal with, and they're like, whoa, I didn't even know, like have any idea, like, and yeah, a lot of people think I'm this like happy, carefree kind of guy, but like behind the scenes, like it's not always like it's not always like that, um, yeah, I have my days, and um, sometimes I have my weeks, and it just really depends uh it's not as bad as it used to be but i still have time periods where i'm like oh man this is still a big problem and uh yeah but i'm really good at hiding it i was really good at hiding a lot of things for a long period of time um because yeah you don't want to and it's hard to explain to people it's like it's very especially when you get into the harm ocd stuff and explaining it to people and them not calling the cops on you or, or like yeah. calling the psych ward and trying to get you committed
1: exactly exactly Because they don't
0: you have to like it's exhausting to explain the whole process to somebody and like this is what i deal with but this is no this is why yeah it's, i don't really want to do that and then yeah. they're like i've even yeah. had some people like where they didn't really understand and they where i was like ooh, i shouldn't have told them that probably because they don't really totally yeah.
1: get it but yeah yeah and all the sentences or phrases that would end with what you just said like I feel like I've every time I was ber- talking to someone I had this but no I wouldn't do this I promise I wouldn't yeah, do yeah. you have um, to like, and,
0: like confirm that yeah, with them yeah yeah yeah
1: like just make sure no no, you're not calling the police right but yeah. and it's interesting you know maybe the the attending psych or whoever you know I go into the the psych where I'm just like hey, I got, I have these thoughts, but like, I don't want to do this. And maybe they're probably like, well, this person manic, or this person something going on, because he's happy, or he's not like, just dis- distressed or depressed. He's just, you know, what's going on, you know, so and I think sometimes it's like, okay, let's give him a medication to make sure where we don't have any liabilities on our hand, because he's talking about suicide stuff, and yeah, yeah. jumping yeah. off stuff, like, let's make sure. But Nope, that was not the case, but
0: that happened to me when I, I didn't get committed, but uh, when I went to the ER, the I went to the ER one time, uh, and I was yeah when the when the harm OCD kind of evolved and just you know, getting darker and darker, and uh, there was a, it all stemmed from like one person, and I was, and I had to explain for the first time to anyone yeah. what was going on and that was in the ER and they were like well we have to tell somebody that you're having these thoughts about harming this person I'm like oh, "God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like you gotta be kidding me because I don't want to do any of this like it's not yeah. like yeah I it's not like I was uh yeah it was just like I having to explain that and one of the luckily one of the nurses got it and she's like She's like ever. She's like everybody has thoughts like that. It's the thing that the thing like that about the about the thoughts though, is like people have like you know can have a bad thought or you know a sick thought or something whatever, and it just goes away. But if you have OCD, you're like, what was that? And then you just, like I said earlier, you just latch onto that. You're like, uh, we gotta look into that. We gotta do some yeah. investigated investigative yeah. journalism on that one because yeah. Houston, there's you got a problem. Yeah, yeah. just. Yeah, fireworks, everything goes off. You're like, oh man, and yeah, yeah. So I'd, uh, I don't. So there was a lot of shame there, mm-hmm. which is not what I expected because I went in there like suicidal, and I was like, I'm sick of having these thoughts. I don't know what to yeah. do about them, and this is the only thing I can think of yeah. to make them go away. And um, they're like, Do you have a plan? I'm like, No, I'm not a big planner. Um, and it just yeah but that was so letting it out was good but the reaction from some of the professionals was like yeah. they were trying to cover their butt because exactly in case I did something um but trying to make sure they knew that I did not want to do that was like something I had to make a hundred percent clear yeah and yeah that gets frustrating
1: it, it definitely does. It definitely does. I just, I remember my, I had a similar situation where in the sense of like pre um, inpatient facility where I ended up getting, um, I got home, I end up calling 911. They, um, took me in the ambulance to the local hospital and stuff like that. But I remember talking to one of the clinicians who was evaluating me and I was telling them my story, which again, sometimes it gets exhausting when you're mm. in the, when you're seeing all of these different therapists and psychics, Yeah, especially if they don't know what the, what, you know, you're talking about. But I kinda, it was interesting. Cause I, before, um, my harmosity, I was telling the clinician about my perfectionism. And when I was in like, towards the end of high school, like if I didn't know a definition of a word, I would try like I needed to know and I just was doing the compulsions that was doubting and doubting and doubting so I told him that initially before the harm OCD and yeah just you, to give him a little a little yeah and what he came back and said was you must have a good uh vocabulary I'm like yeah well I was distressed the whole time I'm doing that so thanks for you know validating that but that's not the point the fact that I was doing these rituals but yeah. it was just interesting how even that he was trying to, you know, be facetious or right? anything, but I was like, okay, you're going to laugh at my suffering. Like I, I'm I'm, not looking at yeah. words because I want to. Right. But again, even the harm OCD, just telling my story over and over. And it just, I don't think anyone knew about like the harm OCD, what I was talking about. Cause and that was like, even all the way up until I actually met an OCD therapist. It, it like all of the therapists that I I went through three to five therapists even like psychiatrists and x y and z all of them I talked to I don't think saw that as OCD and it's just
0: when someone even said they specialize in OCD probably no too.
1: no oh, and sometimes people will say yeah yeah like oh yeah people have those thoughts we they throw it
0: they throw it in there yeah yeah. Like, yeah
1: which nope just use these you know um just think of you know, good thoughts when you're when you're having harm thoughts. I'm like, okay, I did, but that's not working. So what else do we have? Oh, There's, I don't, I don't know. Let's give you a medication. Just let them pass. You know? Yeah, let them pass. Like, um uh, no, I'm gonna pass on you. I'm going to another therapist because you're not yeah. helping. Yeah, exactly. um
0: Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, and explaining the story over and over and over again. Yeah, since you had to go to different therapists. And yeah, like I said, I was I I was really lucky that the. The first, it was only one time I was misdiagnosed and it was right away. I, I saw a psychiatrist and within like 15 minutes, she was like, oh, he's bipolar. And my parents were there because I was underage and they're like, no, <laughs> like, we, we know bipolar. He's right? not bipolar. Yeah. They didn't really understand OCD. Yeah. At that time, they do yeah. now. Um yeah. But. Yeah, they're like, he's like, and they're like, no, we know that's not right. We're going to somebody else. and then Yeah. And I, thank God I saw somebody else. And he was yeah. like, yep, this is OCD. And he didn't, it wasn't really ERP though. It wasn't, I don't think what anything that I did was like making it worse. But like he kind of knew, but it was also like at the same time, I feel like there's been so much research and so much done within the OCD community, within just in general, within the mental health community about OCD and no CD has been huge for that. Uh, they're like one of the, one of the first people, one of the first big organizations I saw, like, just like, this is what we're focusing on. We're just giving as much information as possible and providing a community. And yeah, so I've been on the, the no CD train for a while. When people have talked to me about it, like when I've talked to people at, no OCD like when I like throw out a random tweet and tag them they're like
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're like yeah we really appreciate them like yeah I'm I mean, I'm just paying it forward really I mean because uh I
1: really really respect what they're doing you know the thing like people say they specialize in it but do they actually specialize in it? well yeah that's
0: and another yeah yeah that's a whole you'll, see, yeah. you'll run into that with just therapists in general like yeah they'll, have, Oc- mean, yeah. they'll, yeah, they'll have that o- OCD keyword in there it's like do you really know like
1: yeah that that's you gotta, for look for,
0: oh, you gotta look sorry. for er for those listening you gotta look for erp like exactly if they don't say anything about erp exposures response prevention they probably don't know what they're talking about
1: exactly exactly and a couple other ones like there's um inference-based cbt which is um up and coming that's a, a really okay. good one too for um okay. individuals with like taboo thoughts um so i don't i haven't done it but i i have watched some of their videos if you go on their site too they're awesome um so that's another realm that's coming up um on top of like the erp but erp is the gold standard and it's helped me tremendously um exposure response prevention but
0: yeah absolutely Uh because uh yeah and then yeah the and i've seen no cd grow so much like over the last few years it's been like they've really been yeah just uh yeah the growth has been like insane because i know obviously they've been around for a while but just within the last couple of years i just like seeing their social media everywhere and like yeah then they got they got howie howie mandel and i was like
1: i haven't met him yet (laughs) i want to
0: yeah um, Um, I was talking to somebody over there and like and I was like they brought up Howie Mandel and like, yeah, we probably can't get him on your podcast. I was like, Yeah, I kinda figured that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not I'm not unrealistic here. Like that would be awesome, but Right.
1: Who knows? You never know though. Maybe, maybe he sees it and he's like, Hey
0: at some point, maybe. But I think he is one of those people like his time is very valuable. So
1: i get it I get probably it probably cost
0: I... me something and i'm not gonna i'm not uh i'm not gonna pay people to be on my show that's i I, I, I can't do that
1: you shouldn't have to either you
0: shouldn't no have i'm to. not going to um <laughs> no i you think pay me cookies how... oh sweet hey. i got a buddy actually that's trying to perfect shout out to zach Vaughn, my buddy is working nice. on perfecting a chocolate chip recipe chocolate chip cookie oh, my recipe. Man, he's like on it like he's one of those people like if he does something he does it like a thousand percent nice and he's just like that he gets on these random kicks and uh that's what he's on right now he's just trying to perfect i haven't got a hold of him yet he's probably out of the cookies to try the try this batch but
1: maybe next batch no that's great that's great and like you're saying too with no city i i actually sought treatment there and then my mm-hmm. therapist was like hey you want to work here not yeah. tell, trying to solicit me but i was like i think I, that'd be cool to work in ocd and she's like why don't you apply i'm like all right i will do and then i ended up boom i i, I applied there um because i was a um a therapist but for a different like i was working with trauma and other diagnoses but it was yeah at know cd i was getting treatment and then i'm like this would be cool to give back kind of like what you're saying and then it hooked me once I started treating clients and seeing the reward that I was getting and the progress that they were getting with ERP was like mind-blowing amazing I cannot there's some stories that I just that I felt that I could not put into words because of the the progress they've done just to like I said a lot of people suffer like you and I we we have suffered and sometimes I would be lying if I said if I didn't suffer still in the sense of like getting that whoosh of you know, intrusive thoughts here and there. But again, it's I'd rather, you know, get that and nip it in the bud than continue to suffer like I did for years and years and years. So
0: Yeah, the awareness is there. Where yeah, that exactly. It, exactly. Yeah, like the awareness like, oh, I need to work on this like right away. Otherwise I know what's gonna happen.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's yeah, like like I was saying in the um the article that was written about me, like I there was a time with the harm CD where like I was saying, I didn't want to wake up. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I wasn't suicidal in the sense of like, I, like I loved life, but it was getting to the point where it's like, when I woke up, I was having panic attacks from like eight o'clock in the morning until like 10 o'clock at night, multiple times a day for like three months. And like
0: yeah, over exhausting. Yeah. Exha-
1: yeah. I was like, what the heck is going on? I'm like that's tired. And then trying to function too.
0: Yeah. Like, wearing that mask too yeah exactly blend in to make sure nobody knows what's going on exactly exactly like i don't have to explain this to anyone like that's exhausting
1: yeah Yeah. and there was a point where especially with the harm ocd or even any of the taboo like i came to the fact i'm like anything is fair game for ocd any i can get any thought i want it can be the grossest the most inappropriate the most like just Bizarre thought. That's okay. And once I came to that acceptance and I'm like, that is okay. That's when I started to like, okay, started to get some of that freedom back. Um, where once, you know, I, I noticed the processes that I was doing and a lot of times the reassurance, the avoidance and the distraction, um, and that kind of stuff. Like once I knew, all right, I need to nip those in the bud or reduce them. When those thoughts came up and I had to be there and sit with it and not try to, you know, um push it away. But once, like I said, once I was able to be like, anything is fair game, bring it on, let's go. I'm I'm down. That's when my brain started to say, like the watchdog in my brain said, Okay, I think Cody's not, you know, in danger because he's getting that corrective experience and he's responding differently while that false alarm is going on. So once I kind of let anything come up, I'll I'll have those thoughts nowadays. Or like I'm on the couch and weird thoughts come up and I just cool. That was a great one, O C D awesome. I'm still going to eat this, these 40 cookies while having these intrusive thoughts. So bring it on. Sounds good. Yeah. It's just, they don't get,
0: you don't get stuck. And like, I had a situation earlier where I like froze up, like legitimately, like, like my body was like, just like, didn't know how to act. Like it was, yeah. Scary. You just like getting so, so deep into your head. Yeah. frozen and just like that loop. Yeah. Yeah. It's going and it just
1: kind of like throws you off. 100%. I, I think with harm I feel like there is an element of OCD plus panic disorder equals harm OCD. And the reason why I say that is because for me with harm my biggest thing was losing control. What if I lose control and do something against my will and harm someone? And losing control is a big panic disorder symptom. Like, oh, what if I lose my mind? Not in the sense of like the harm part, but more of like, I feel out of whack. I feel like something's going wrong, something, I'm going to lose control and do something. And what is very interesting or very scary for me when I was experiencing really heightened harmosity is that panic would come on top of the intrusive thoughts that would make those intrusive thoughts so real and having Mm -hmm. those intrusive urges and intrusive sensations, all of these things that can come besides just intrusive thoughts make me like, why am I having these? I'm going to lash out and do something, but that's your brain just tricking you and sitting with those feelings and being like, I'm going to allow this to pass. I'm not going to try to push this away. I'm just going to sit with this. Usually it starts to come down or you are able to tolerate it a little better. Um, two different goals in therapy nowadays but anything like that like for you like where you just felt like you were going to lose control yeah that was today yeah That, that was right. today. oh with that pen yeah,
0: yeah yeah It literally happened today yeah i was just like uh and i haven't had it happen well it happened it doesn't happen as often as it as it used to um but i've been also stress causes it um yeah. heightens it been under a little more stress lately um having a lot of it's like good stress though, like opportunities yeah. and things like that. And it's like my, like, it's like my mind just wants to just like burn it all to the ground.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting you say that because like, I look for four things in me and also there's another thing I'm going to say. So when it comes to stress, caffeine, sleep deprivation, and alcohol consumption for ser- for certain people, mm-hmm. like I said, any of those four things. Um, those are exacerbators in my opinion. So if I, if I'm feeling a little more, I'm like, is it good stress, bad stress, what's going on? And those are the type of things in my environment that I try to control, like the best I can. Cause obviously we don't want to push away thoughts and X, Y, and Z, but like, Mm -hmm. if I can get good sleep, yes. Or if I don't get good sleep, I'm like, okay, today's going to be a little more stickier in my brain. Um, but also with those factors, another thing is like with excitement, I feel like my OCD can be triggered with excitement because it's similar to anxiety those feelings are kind of like Mm -hmm. the same anxiety and excitement but it's your perception of it so even coming on to see you my thoughts were going up a little bit because I'm excited I'm anxious a little bit because I've never done this so like any big stressor I got married in October and my wife didn't run so I was like it's gonna be great she actually wants to marry me those (laughs) stressors like definitely increase the stickiness but it's just we got to look out for those gotta look out for those
0: yeah we have to be mindful of that because it's uh yeah and i feel like it's like yeah my ocd tests me more i feel like when i'm doing when something really good is about to happen yeah or uh yeah like you were saying like the excite it like doesn't understand the difference in excitement and panic i guess yeah and um Yeah. And sometimes it's like, I don't even want to be excited about this. It's like my body like goes into defense mode. Like we're not going to be excited about this because we're just going to keep going because. And I'm not even saying like, I think about this. I think it's just my body like just like
1: is in defense mode. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you're having a good day and I see it all the time. I've experienced it too. You're having a good day. You're not really distressed and your body's like, bro, why are you having a good day? What yeah. do, you, do you agree with your thoughts now like that kind of that backdoor spike ferocity what like, can
0: we do to ruin this
1: right exactly yeah. we're gonna catch you off guard and be like you're too calm like that there's something wrong like you're definitely there. there's definitely something like no but we're just so not we're not you or for me and i'm sure you too like we're not used to feeling probably like some sense of normalcy or some sense of like calmness because our brain yeah. can like all over the place and then once you get that that piece a little bit or that taste of it your brain starts to worry about worrying it's like what the heck we can never win
0: yeah yeah it's it's wild yeah because sometimes when i'm like yeah it was actually happened when i was leaving the gym today and i was like I had a really good workout but i was you know kind of exhausted after that and yep. uh that's when it like i was like yeah I had a really good workout and then all of a sudden like well nope that's just cancel that out and i was like damn it so yeah and that's another reason why i've gotten back into to therapy because it's been happening more lately because i've had a lot of uh i guess yeah more good stress than bad stress
1: yeah
0: um going on and um yeah it's not uh those uh those thoughts those compulsions are not going away and i'm kind of feet i was feet i've been feeding into some more than others and it's like i don't want to like this is just gonna get worse if i don't if i don't start talking to somebody about it and start working on it because uh i've been there before it's, it's just mm-hmm. happened many times i mean like like we were both talking about we've dealt with this for years so we know what to look out for
1: yeah yeah and yeah it's hard seeing some individuals where like they initially get that spike of OCD, like where they've never experienced it, but it's mm. so real. And or like so new to them where for my OCD, like when I was 15, it kind of progressively got worse, but I knew like, for the most part at 50, like when I was in my twenties, I'm like, okay, I had OCD since I was 15. So I, I'm pretty sure this is something, but some people that will even at different ages, will get some of those symptoms and will kind of like blindside them and they're like, what the heck? But that's where I'm glad, you know, that there's a lot of education out there because the internet is at your, your hand. So you can type in something and people can get treatment a lot easier than even 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, it's very, very nerve wracking for people to initially start having symptoms. Um, and if I could give any advice for someone that's in like treatment or the, one of the biggest things is like, we have to feel emotions like and we have to not try to push away certain things so like our brain is gonna always send us all these as you know these scary thoughts or taboo thoughts or whatever whatever thought it is but like when we don't work towards actually showing our brain that we can learn to be with that fear that's gonna be a problem Um, we have to sit with that emotion or um, to show our brain like we can tolerate that emotion I think society in general or a lot of people they don't want to feel anxiety or when panic comes up or anxiety comes up they want the first thing they want to do is push it away or yeah. they start to see like anxiety as being connected to something that's real like i feel anxious therefore there's a problem but mm-hmm. it's not always a problem we, we're supposed to feel anxiety just not 24 7 we're supposed to do it when the bear is in the room not or a bear is chasing us not when yeah. we're you know at the gym going home and then all of a sudden we have a whoosh of anxiety but you know that that's the hardest thing is that whoosh that you get from the intrusive thought but sitting with it is is when the the learning happens but easier said than done easier said than done
0: yeah definitely easier said than done when you're like i don't want to yeah i don't want to stop and think about this or you know because then people might notice and then and it's like a whole thing yeah especially when you're out in public you know
1: yeah. Yeah. That's why you can try to, yeah, just keep doing, doing what you were doing. And, and it's ideally, I know there's, there was times where like just caught me in right in my tracks and I'm trying to like figure out why I'm having it. But if I was out and about, I would still try to, you know, do what I was doing. Um, there's times where like with heights, very, very big trigger for me just because of the fact of like hurting mm-hmm. myself. So like if I ever had an inclination of like, oh, we're going to be high up today for some reason. We're going to be doing this X, Y, and Z. My brain's like, we're going up there. We're driving over bridges. We're doing like, I would not allow my OCD to be like, nope, we're avoiding or we're doing this. Yeah, avoidance. We're we're going into it. Because yeah, once that inclination of like, oh, this is bad. That's where that watchdog is like, you just mark that as being important. So I'm going to keep you alive because I love you. And I'm going to keep sending these over and over and over. But- then again it's it shouldn't be sending you that over and over and over um so yeah it's it's tough but it's doable i've done it i've done it yeah. there was times i was doing my year for a long time i was at like an eight or nine out of a 10 for anxiety or even a 10 but i'm like i'm sitting there but it's worth it short-term discomfort for that long-term gain that's kind of what got me through treatment so
0: yeah yeah definitely i definitely understand where you're coming from um yeah the the ruminating is the biggest one for me. It's just like something happens and I just continue to like replay the scenario in my head. I'm like, I could have done that. I didn't do that right. Yeah. And that, that has been like the the theme lately is been what's causing me the most stress or adding
1: yeah. to my stress load. Yeah, we try to, like we were saying before, like look at the process instead of the content. And that's what's like interesting about OCD. Everyone's OCD is different. But Mm -hmm. sometimes you know you have the subtypes, but it's not really always about the content. It's about the processes behind it, what we're doing. And you know, what we we try to resist those ruminations and um try to resist, you know, doing the distractions and all that stuff because those are the processes, the reassurance seeking, those are the processes. So, like with even rumination, like non-engagement type of responses are really good to try to nip it in the bud. So then your brain doesn't consistently go down yeah once you throw something like a wrench into that cycle yeah you're probably going to feel a little anxious or very anxious but you're still showing your brain hey i can i can uh change up the narrative a little bit like i don't need to do a compulsion but it's hard it's not easy
0: yeah yeah and the the ruminating doesn't really lead to more compulsions it just leads to just replaying the scenario in my head and just like the whole what if and the doubt and all that stuff. And it's like, and I know like, why am I even doing this? Cause that already happened. Like I can't do anything about what already happened. Like I can't change that scenario. There is literally, I I don't have a time machine. I can't do anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that stuck out to me, uh, well, obviously a lot of things stuck out when I was reading that article was you talked about sleep being like an escape and yeah. that is very i we we share that in common because people still don't understand like not some people do and because it, it, some people like will think it's just depression and uh yeah. which depression can happen from ocd yeah. it yeah. can lead to depression but sometimes yeah it's it's difficult for me to get out of bed because i know how exhausting my day is going to be yeah. like my body already like just knows that what I'm going to have to deal with, them, especially if I'm in like OCD compulsion mode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's cause you always like with OCD, you have that force. That's like kind of going against you in the sense of like your body is always going to want to do a compulsion. Cause like, you're getting that relief. Like you're, it's just easier to do a compulsion than to sit with it. Um, so like with me, like the, the thing is with me, I don't know if I was even depressed so like it was just and maybe in the beginning even after my mom passed maybe that was a tough time but like yeah i was i was getting i think depressed but i think exhausted was another big key for me, like just overtired um on top of that but like i i would say that maybe there's some secondary depression but even regardless something was not good like i i I didn't want to like wake up um, in the sense of because I knew how exhausting it was. But then again, once I, I, I was like, okay, I am going to continue living my life in while coexisting with OCD is when I started to kind of force myself to get up and force myself to do things that were important to me, um, while allowing OCD to be on my shoulder. Was like, okay, cool. It's a little guy on my shoulder. But yeah. still, again, once also too, like some of my OCD would go in my, th- um in my dreams. Like I'm like, oh, yeah. sleeping, like dreaming about my OCD. So I was having no respite. I was like, I wake up, OCD, go to bed, OCD, mm-hmm. uh, everything, OCD. I'm like, Just stay up as late as you could. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm like, if I go to, it's like Freddy Krueger, like I go to sleep. Yeah. The OCD Krueger is coming at you. It's like, Oh jeez. Yep. But yeah. No, you really I, can't
0: control that. No. that. Unless you're lucid dreaming, but that's totally different. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah wish i just go in my dreams and start punching ocd but then again that's the like i said the, the once i match. start giving it power yeah you know the ocd bullies like i'm coming back at you but are gonna be like hey ocd take a hike you're not you're not bullying me anymore but yeah, again that's a lot of practice to be like yeah, bully
0: or i've also heard OCD demon
1: yeah that's a good one that's a yeah. good one that's it, probably one of my favorite ones yeah that's that's a really good one i um i think what is like really hard with ocd is, is that a lot of People believe their thoughts in the sense of because our thoughts have like we've relied on them for our whole lives. So like when these thoughts come, we pick and choose what we want to do with them. Um, and like when we are having these harmosity thoughts, like and they're coming and images are coming and stuff, like we're like, oh my God, that's our self that's us. Like that, why am I having these thoughts? Is this a repressed desire? What does this mean? X, Y, and Z. And that's all the ruminating, all the the kind of trying to figure out why. But it's, we don't always have to believe everything that comes in our brain just because your brain gives you a gross, you know, scary image. And, you know, you try to go back and try to like, why? And replay it. It's like, that's giving it power, but still we had believed our thought for so long, but we don't have to believe our thoughts because sometimes we look through the lens of OCD. But once we start taking our, you know, those glasses off and seeing OCD as a separate externalized being or part of your brain that's when we start to have more of a choice um so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you have to look at it separately and uh because it doesn't match what you really want to do like it doesn't match your values as you were saying yeah values and reinforcing my values and reminding myself of my values is has been helpful and sometimes though it, it gets to the point where it's like i but wait, and yeah. like that. what if, what if that, yeah. you know, it's just a bunch of questioning and yeah. And also another thing I like as far as describing OCD that I've heard is uh, just calling it the doubt disorder. Cause I think just, it just made some, when, when, the first time I saw that or heard that, I was like, yeah, absolutely.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's I think the tendencies I had before my mom passed. I feel like I doubted everything or I couldn't make a decision. I feel like that is like an innate thing that people are like, predisposed potentially to is having some type of doubt in whatever they're doing. Um, It's, that's, I think, one of the trickiest things because like when you have the intrusive thought of like, what if, and then you use a technique or you do something to be like, okay, there's OCD. It's like you said, the doubt that comes after in that experience of, but what if, how do you know for sure? And like your brain is always like OCD is always going to send off like unanswerable questions, like questions that are abstract or just, there's no true answer to them um, for the most part. And this, that's how it's just going to continue to lure you in. And it's going to feel real and urgent, but still we try not to answer them um just allow it to be there but again that takes practice a lot of people will like oh i just use this technique and it doesn't work it's like ocd treatment usually is not instant like you don't you know it's usually like oh i just had a good day or i had a good hour it's not like something that happens right away it's more like you see this progression um that happens and you're like oh okay that i feel a little better than i did you know two months ago but i wish it was that instant gratification like eating a cookie and be like, Ooh, that feels good, but that does not happen.
0: I feel like it's uh, that's why a lot of people who have any, not any mental illness, but a lot of people with mental illness, like, and I've noticed that it's, it's a very common theme in people who abuse substances, whether that's drugs, alcohol, whatever. And, um, I've noticed that because I've been in recovery for a while now and I, you know, go to meetings and I listen to people and, just like man it's either mental uh mental illness is something that coincides with addiction or trauma or both yeah 99% of the time
1: yeah 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 and this is I know a personal question but do you feel like your substance use was that as a like a compulsion in the sense of like were you doing that to escape the harm OCD oh yeah yeah
0: it was an escape um just fear in general yeah not necessarily ocd fear just yeah in general like just in general
1: yeah and that's to go back like that's what you know the feelings like they're called feelings so we can feel them and i think a lot of people they don't want to feel fear Mm -hmm. or feel anger and all that stuff but that's that toleration where once we start to feel it like our body says hey we can live our life but that's I want to say avoidance in general with like we were saying before avoidance of feelings is very very detrimental to people we got to feel these but again it's uncomfortable so I get that I can I just addiction is that 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 can be a whole nother yeah yeah Yeah, because like I oh yeah OCD you know you do a compulsion but then you throw in substance use like that is a whole nother type of suffering I would
0: yeah I try not to when i'm that's why i know i need therapy because i can't go to meetings and start just sharing about my ocd that everybody's like right yeah, i can't relate to that where i like,
1: what the, <laughs> yeah maybe like, they can who knows but some maybe, of them maybe yeah but them can, we'll listen i get it, that's though. not
0: what the meeting's for it's like uh, i gotta i gotta not separate myself and you know yeah act like you know because we all had our you know reasons for whatever we use that's the thing is like with addiction and i always try to talk about addiction as much as possible because a lot of people have misconceptions about that as well. Yeah. They just think oh this person isn't mentally tough enough to, you know, handle substances in moderation or whatever. But no, most of those people are escaping something and yeah. um it could be something they don't even know what they're escaping. It's but once you actually take the substances away and start looking at it and start feeling feelings and really diving deep into things you start to realize oh this is why i was that way this is why i was doing that and being able to see that is very rewarding and um it's almost like a it's a superpower and sometimes it's annoying but it's (laughs) it's nice to be able to you know, really enjoy. And it, you enjoy more of the little things too when you're not avoiding things or, that because that's just
1: another way of avoiding things is using substances. That's just another way of escaping. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, I don't think the article mentioned this, but my mom actually passed away from addiction. That's what yeah. happened suddenly. She was she was an alcoholic and then over time, like it just caught up with her and you're supposed to, you know- like cirrhosis or like- No, so you, with, um, in substance- in substance world, like when you're coming off of like alcohol or benzo, like you need volume. you need those. Oh, she those, was withdrawing. She was withdrawing. Yeah. She would kind of like detox. And sometimes she went to yep. detox and she was an amazing mom, but she like, um, she would try to do it on her own and without knowing. And, but then the doctor's like, if you keep having seizures, you know, and that's why yeah. I would see her have seizure. If you keep having seizure, like you're, it's going to be harmful. And that's what yep. happened. She ended up having a seizure, seizure. And then, you know, she passed away, but that I have a theory, um, because I was, like I said, 15, a lot of the times, like I, a lot of my memories were of her drinking, like as I got a little older, like, um, like 13 to 15 and stuff like that. But I have a theory that she had OCD and and that, what her drinking was doing was acting as a compulsion because she would drink every day, um. But I don't know if it was OCD or just anxiety. But again, yeah, that, it's no joke. So like when people say like things about addiction, I take that personally because I saw someone lose their life because of maybe not getting the right help. So like when you say that, I'm like I I can definitely feel that's very strong. And that's like I said, I don't. It's just a theory. I think there was other stuff going on. But oh yeah, man, Yeah, it's anxiety good. and stuff. Like people want to drink for a reason to get rid of that. But there's so much more out there which, you know, I'm glad that you're doing good things because you're doing amazing things.
0: I appreciate that. And the thing is that that I like to talk about too is like alcohol just specifically, like the, the, just the, our society has gotten better at it. I've noticed more people like going the sober route just for health reasons. Yep. Yep. And, um, but alcohol is so bad, man. It's, it's I'm not saying like no one should ever drink or whatever. I'm not going to be that guy. But, yeah, you know, there's people that can, you know, socially drink and um, live their life. There's a lot of people that can do that, obviously. But it's such a bad s- substance that has ruined so many lives. It's mm-hmm. like, when are we going to actually look at that a little bit mm-hmm. further? I feel like it's looked at, but not enough because at the same time, it's big business a lot mm-hmm. of money there's a lot of money in alcohol
1: yeah in the convenience of it is a scary scary it's thing
0: everywhere I, yeah like, that's what it, most people i mean most people who relapse even if they did it, weren't even a drinker they're like yeah. well this is right there
1: yeah yeah it, that's that's what i've noticed a lot of people i've known or i do know like that will be the the drug that will get them to continue to relapse even more like they'll get five nips for five bucks and then they start going and you know x y and z and doing oh, other yeah. drugs but
0: yeah it just opens pandora's box all that oh 100
1: 100 but it's like and i've worked in the past and i've known a lot of people with substance use and it's something's going on in the mm-hmm. sense of like sometimes there's people just i've known people that just don't they can't get treatment for some reason, like in the sense of like, the, they just are not aware of something mm-hmm. because their addiction has gone so far. And it's like, there has to be more research on that. It's, it's, there's people like, Oh, it's, you know, they, it's not a disease or not. A, I'm like, it's something, I don't care what you call it. Yeah. Something is changing or something's going on with that. So like, don't be so ignorant, help them. But
0: yeah, it's, it- I, yeah. At a certain point it comes it's no longer that's where it no longer becomes a choice it's just, yes, is, it's just what I do, you know, and yeah, for a long time, I thought you know this is this is what I'm going to do until I die, like this yeah. is how I'm going to live my life until I figured out, oh, I don't have to do that and yeah, that's when i started things started changing that's when I started the podcast that's when I started just like really trying to get back and also just have conversations about mental health in general, whether that's substance abuse, whether that's, you know, a specific disorder like OCD or, you know, whether that's just like living a stressful life, like just talking about life in general and not being afraid to have those conversations. And uh, yeah, so I I really appreciate you sharing your story and uh, I will obviously link that article as well so people can can read more about it and uh yeah i could talk that's the my biggest issue with doing the podcast is when do i end the podcast because i could because i get these people on here that are interesting like you are and i just want to talk to you for and just like continue to like yeah because we could just talk about we could jump through so many different hoops and avenues and could just go forever so i have to find a point where i'm like okay we should probably we should probably wrap it up. We all have lives. We got things to do. And also, nobody wants I'm not Joe Rogan. No one wants to listen to me for three hours. I never know never. Know. Yeah. Look, I don't want to listen yeah. to Joe Rogan for three hours. So I don't know like, I, I, I get too it. Long. it's way too You're long right. for an
1: episode. Um, but the thing is though, like with technology, I have me back anytime you want. This was even therapeutic for me because I talk about my oCD. so like i no i agree call right. away i can talk for hours so literally anytime you want roll me on we'll just talk about a different topic I'm um, like i said i'm this is not the end of the discussion i would think even though you know i gotta oh go absolutely eat some cookies but anytime you want yeah come i'm about, on. To,
0: about to go to my parents house for, for dinner
1: oh heck yeah free meal from the parents i love it. i go to my dad's and like, can I get some toilet paper? Can I get some chicken? Can I get something? Um, groceries are tight these days. I'm like, Just give me something. He's like, all right, I got you. I like you more now that you moved out. I'm like, like you too. But no, <laughs> yeah. anytime you want, literally hit me up. I will come on a podcast. And cause I have, like I said, a history of PTSD, generalized anxiety, anxiety has been better, OCD, um, and other stuff. So like I said, pick my brain i'll pick yours but anytime you need me it was very is a pleasure being on here i have like i said an instagram it's not as cool as like other influencers, but you're gonna start somewhere so i'm just throwing That's some true. education on there yeah but. it
0: looks like you're yeah it looks like you've had the instagram uh for a little bit but you're you're starting to really uh put yourself out there more and once yeah. you start doing it it's one of those things yeah where you're just like it won't become an obsession but it'll become like a challenge
1: and it's fun um, yeah and i am very busy in the sense of like seeing clients so like i like it because i can i you never know you know you have that one person that sees your podcast or sees your instagram and exactly. then it just does that so you know that's why I, don't
0: get I, hung up do not get hung up on the numbers exactly if exactly. i do that then ooh,
1: yeah like, yeah If even if it was like you know two people following me because my dogs i think my wife made them instagram accounts even if they were following me like hey yeah. cool all right i got two followers but i really don't care someone can find those those posts so just keep doing what you're doing and like i said i'm gonna do what i'm doing and if i don't go in yet it doesn't matter i'm not trying to make money from it like i just want yeah to exactly awareness but um but like i said anytime you want me send it out i'll be here
0: Sounds good, man. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. It's always good to have somebody else uh, that I know within the community that has OCD as well, just like as another peer in general. Yes. Um, another male
1: peer, peer no, as well.
0: Yeah, which there's not as many of them. ton of women killing it. Yeah uh with the influencer game but yeah there there needs to be more of us dudes talking yeah openly about this
1: yeah and the thing is that there's so many female influencers there but that are way better at therapist I, like i just i've learned probably from all females it's a couple of males but like yeah. the girl game is crushing it um i yeah. just wish more males will talk about their ocd as well because i think that's liberating for some it is yeah And it's
0: been helpful for me to just talk about it with you, like you were saying. So I appreciate it. Cool. But yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here, but I appreciate you being on Cody. And until next time, this is Colin from the modern day overthinker podcast signing out.